Welcome back to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Harley Johnson. And I'm Hannah Harshi. And we're so glad that we have the opportunity to be back with all of you talking about one of our favorite things. And then there's only a few more days until we have Michigan basketball. So we're going to get everything rolling once more in these unprecedented times. And let's start um, a count now and say how many times we're going to say unprecedented times in this podcast. I start off with number one, Hannah. Oh boy, what an intro. Um, Yeah, I'm so excited to be back. I'm so overwhelmed, so confused. I can't believe that it feels like it's been years, but apparently we put out a few episodes over the summer. Um, That feels like a fever dream, but I'm excited and a little bit ambivalent about the fact that we're back. It just feels surreal, and I don't think I've really given myself the time to be excited about football because there's been so much going on. Football has kind of been the least of my priorities given the political climate, given every, everything that's going on that I want to be focusing my energy on. And just the fact that like up until literally still today, the football season still feels up in the air. I mean, Michigan students are on a locked or a stay at home order right now. Like everything just feels so surreal. And like Harley said, number two, it's unprecedented. So I don't know. So many mixed feelings. right? Now. I was kind of like thinking about this today as well mostly because it just kind of feels still to me that football should be kind of like the least of our worries like I don't know why we're still moving forward with football and while I'm really excited about it it just feels like it's still not the time to have football mostly because when I think of football it's one of those things that kind of takes me away from like the world around me it and kind of make me feel better but football just kind of feels like it's reflective of the pandemic in that it's putting people's lives on the line for like no real reward, I guess, so to speak, because the whole time I'm going to be thinking about, are these players going to be okay? Are the coaching staff going to be okay? Is everyone else involved going to be okay? Like, I don't want anyone to be on the line like this just because a lot of us want to watch football and I know they want to play but at the same time, it just seems like not the time still, which is probably why I still kind of feel really, really anxious more so than I feel excitement, even though we're two days out. It just feels like it's still not the time. I completely agree. That's why, I mean, hopefully people listening to this feel the same way. I think it's how a lot of us feel right now. Usually football is an escape. And right now, it almost doesn't feel right to escape. Like, it feels like there should be other things that I'm focusing on. And I keep reminding myself how every year, right before the football season, I'm so pumped. I'm so excited. It's the best time of the year. It's all I can think about. It's all I can talk about. And right now, I think, all first of all, like Harley said, it just doesn't quite feel right because I know that people's, like, people are putting themselves at risk to play this sport, which I know they want to play it. They made that very clear. But it still feels, feels weird to use that for entertainment but I guess that that's football always <laughs> We're using themselves putting themselves at risk for entertainment and then also this year has had so many ups and downs everything has I mean you guys all lived it everyone listening to this lived it but even football in particular like we were told there was going to be a season they released a schedule and then they said there's no season there's no way it's coming back and then it came back and now like it's it's not seeming safe there are a lot of positive cases and um the the uh, what's it called, conferences that are playing and in the NFL. And so I'm like, really, like, are we really still doing this? Is this really smart? And it feels like they're just doing it just because all the other conferences are doing it, not because it's safe. And it's it really is stressing me out morally, like, if I should be watching football this season and if this is something that I still want to support. So we're going to take you guys along this journey, I guess, because it's not something that we're going to answer overnight. We are still watching football because we still love it. We still watch love watching them and rooting for them but like this year more than ever is like bringing up these questions about morality and where we should be focusing our time and energy completely agree mostly because obviously we've all been living through this we're still living in it and it just feels weird that we've accepted it instead of trying to like shoot for a normal football season and I'm talking about like last year yeah that was a normal football season 
We were excited in the beginning of August. When August 1st rolled around, I was like, yes, football is at the end of this month. I cannot wait. We are two days away from playing Minnesota, and it still feels like it's not happening. It will definitely be interesting to see Michigan finally take the field for the first time in, man, if I could do math right now and remember what month it was. Um, nine months, I believe, if our bowl game was in January. Um, we haven't seen football in almost a whole year. Yeah, Michigan football. Specifically. Yeah. It's just it's just not the same this year. And anyone who's acting like it is the same and is like, yes, football is back. Like, they're just lying through their teeth. Like, nothing is the same this year. And you can't watch football and ignore the risk that these athletes are putting themselves in and, like, the climate surrounding all of us. It's just, you can't do it. Like, don't act like football is just some bubble where, like, this year hasn't happened. Or, like, Hannah put it, a morality kind of aspect to it instead of it just being a mindless, oh, there's a football game on Saturday. So we're all just kind of rusty, I guess. So kind of bear with us as we're trying to like get a feel back for how we're going to run this and how we're going to give you previews, how we're going to give you a post game and all that kind of thing. Mostly because I can't kind of say we graduated, things are hectic and it probably works like four times more hours than I do and I work like 30 hours a week and it's going to be very different but we're going to still try and get back into things that are going to kind of give us uh, more I guess a grasp on like how old life was <laughs> so to speak like good old days. Um, yeah, the good old days the good news is we're not the only ones who feel this way because a certain Nico Collins um, I mean, okay, maybe Nico Collins has a slightly different experience than we do, but he said on a podcast that, so if you guys don't know, Nico Collins receiver is opting out of this season and nobody was really sure why, because people were really high on him for this season. He was supposed to be our leading receiver. Um, and basically he said that he opted out because of too many unknowns and cause nobody had answers of what was happening. It's, like, slightly different from our situation because our situation is, like, there have been so many unknowns and ups and downs that I, like, haven't been following football as closely as I usually do. And his was, was like, I need to train for the combine. But, like, still, he said they canceled the season. That was heartbreaking for me. They were saying in the spring, Thanksgiving, it was too many unknown questions to be answering. Nobody had an answer to it. He felt like he was in no man's land. Um, And, like, that's 100% how I felt. So, Hey, Nico, if you need someone to confide in, uh, we're here for you. But also just, like, the players are feeling this way, too. We're all so confused. No one knows what's going on. I just, uh, I hate all of it. And I think it's even more, like, relevant, especially if you've been paying attention to kind of the, like, climate at the University of Michigan itself. It has been very chaotic. Obviously, the grad students were striking to have um, better conditions. Mostly because the university was severely, and is still severely, unable to compensate for the amount of cases that are arriving, that are arising, the amount of precautionary measures that are being unheard, and just not providing an adequate amount of information. There's so much unknown, and there's not enough to provide information to people in order to keep them safe, and it is extremely frustrating to watch, especially as a new alumni to see how our university is acting and I feel absolute um, empathy and sympathy for everything that Nico said because he nailed it on the head. That's how football is. That's how the university is. And it just seems very, very frustrating. And I honestly would have done the same thing if given the chance. And I'm really glad and thankful that I graduated when I did because I would not want to be at the university right now given the chance to opt out of your senior season and go straight to the nfl combine you would have taken that chance i would have (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i've been saying this for like months now this the pain of this year i mean okay obviously there's like a lot of really real pain and trauma that i'm not talking about but a big part of what's made this year so hard is that you get your hopes up over and over for things to happen and then they don't like if you told me at the beginning of this year hey there's gonna be no march madness no big 10 tournament no spring football football season won't happen on like all of that i would have been like 
okay, this really sucks. I'm going to, like, pick up some other hobbies. But instead, it's, like, it's happening. But it's not. But get your tickets. But, oh, wait, it's not. Okay, get your tickets for this thing. Okay, get excited. Get your hopes up. Okay, it's not happening. It's just up and down and up and down. And I'm, like, just give me a break. I can't get my hopes up for anything anymore. And anyway, it sounds like that's how Nico Collins felt. (laughs) It's very true. Especially if your senior season is on the line. And especially your professional career as well. Which is why... Everyone needs to get it together right now, and I've been saying this for months. But if we don't have a basketball season, that's on all of you that are not listening to CDC guidelines and are not paying attention. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, so yeah, let's kind of get into. <laughs> let's kind of get out and let's just kind of switch it away from something that I don't. I have my hopes up for, and we're gonna talk about players we're most excited to see on the 2020-2021 Michigan men's football team. All right, can I go first? Of course. Alphabetically, you would be first. Hannah Harley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my number one pick in the 2020 um, who you're most excited to see draft is Ronnie Bell, a receiver. He's a junior. Um, A little over a year ago, this recently came up in my Snapchat memories. I don't know why I'm bringing this up, actually. Why is this the (laughs) Thing I lead with anyway he had a really bad job to pass in the end zone against Penn State and everyone was like heartbroken for him and we're like you're gonna redeem yourself and I feel like every single time I see him make a receive as we call it here on this podcast I'm gonna like consider it his redemption receive after that <laughs> tape draft pass I really shouldn't have led with that he's he's a great receiver with a lot of potential he's gonna have to step into the shoes of a billion receivers that left this past year um, I think two, maybe. Um, three receivers. Three. Last year. I three. feel like Tariq's been gone longer than two years, but maybe that's just because of issues that were happening. Um, yeah, I mean, injuries and the like. Yeah, not two years, longer than this off season. Why is my brain not working? Anyway, I'm excited to see Ronnie Bell. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> much like Hannah, I am, and much like the theme of this podcast, is we really, really our receivers mostly because they're silly high profile and you feel like you can get to know them probably on social media and just general presence I guess so I'm also really excited to see Ronnie Bell honestly when Hannah brought him up it was kind of like a forgotten archive in my brain (laughs) and I just remembered how much I just really loved watching him play and I'm really excited to see like how he's going to take this kind of forced upon like leadership position because I'm sure he assumed at the end of the season that he would still have Nico Collins to be with. Um, and maybe Tariq and as well. Maybe as well. But I'm sure Tariq was airing his frustrations with the program and his, <laughs> um, and his probably status on um, where he fell as a receiver and obviously wanted more play time. So it could have been either of those factors. But... I'm sure Ronnie has realized the role he now has to step into, mostly because we have a lot of young receivers that still have a little bit of growing to do. Um, But I'm excited to see what he has to do because I feel like, like Hannah mentioned, ever since that kind of like drop pass, there's just kind of more of a a need for him inherently. At least it would be for me to be like constantly like improve upon this. Like that would be a big motivator. Um, those kind of things, being critiques and watching your old like game footage and stuff to just kind of keep you on, on track. So I'm speak. not like insane in saying that that's like part of his narrative arc. Like that's not just me being cruel. That is like what comes to I mind. I think it's think part of it. his narrative arc. Okay, yeah. good, good. I'm glad to know it's not just me. Also, like, did I dream this or like... did you like tweet his family? No, I. Did his, you like, like family all liked one of his tweets, but. One of my tweets. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was, I can't remember exactly what it was after the Penn State thing. Um, I think it was when he got his first, like, touchdown receive. Oh, after, after the Penn, the Penn State, State game. Was, like, I think you're game. right. Yeah. Uh, and, like, remember after that, like, I think in the Notre Dame game, everyone in the stands was, like, cheering for him. So we started chanting Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I wish we could have more moments that like that, but... 
But like with yeah, the too. like like uh pumped in crowd noise chanting Ronnie, Ronnie Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can make a track of that and send it to the athletic department. Maybe they'll use it. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Okay, like speaking of um families liking our tweets. I don't didn't Zach Charbonnet's family like one of our tweets once too? I think so. One of mine, I believe, and maybe one of yours too. Yeah, I don't know. These these football players are like obviously eighteen year olds, so like their families are lurking and seeing what people say about them on social media. They're not all eighteen year olds, but I refer to them collectively as eighteen year olds because it makes me feel old. Zach Charbonnet was our freshman running um, running back last year. He started the first game of the season last year, and we were all just kind of shocked because we didn't realize we knew he was good, but we didn't know he was like that good. Um, and he was kind of filling in the shoes of Chris Evans, who was academically ineligible last year. Now Chris Evans is back, but I am still just so excited to see that if Zach Charbonnet could have like be that good as a freshman when he honestly they were putting way too much on him and like I was afraid they were gonna like permanently injure him. If he could be that like do all that as like a tiny little baby, I'm just so excited to see how much he improves this year. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I give, like, him or Zach Charbonnet. I, I, if I'm going to go the route of running back, put us on Haskins, mostly because how he played last year was super impressive to me. Um, he seemed very consistent, um, especially, like, sharing snaps with, like, Zach. It was, I really loved his play, but I know he, this year, I really hope that he still has those kind of like abilities to like see the ball more and see the field and have those like minutes and that kind of thing because I know that running back is very the running back room is very full so to speak we have the true freshman we obviously have Zach Charbonnet coming back um as for his true sophomore season we have Chris Evans returning back and it just seems like there's a lot going on there, and I really hope that I do get to see us on Haskins because I think he did really well, and he was kind of one of those people that I guess maybe for me or maybe for other Michigan fans just seemed to come out of nowhere and performed when he needed to and when he had to, and I hope he's given that chance for this season as well. 100%. Um, I'm going to do a little two-in-one here. They're not really in the same category, so Harley, feel free to add on to this. But I have okay. two um, defensive players here who I'm excited for. Um, Cam McGrone, yeah. who's a sophomore linebacker, and Daxon Hill, who is, I believe, also a sophomore. Yeah, he's a sophomore. Um, safety. They, like, they, they're very different players, but the reason I'm lumping them together is because they were two freshmen last year who had a ton of potential mm-hmm. and just got me really excited about the future of Michigan football. So I'm excited to see what they do this year. Um, so also going off of that note of defense, I also have Dax Hill on mine, along with Vincent, Vincent Gray. So with the departure of Andre Thomas, and I believe, um, I feel like that's who our other corner was. That's on me. Um, Vincent Gray is going to obviously have to step into that role. Um, it can go either way. I'm kind of hoping for the best, maybe because I, for once, am a glass half full kind of person, mostly because it's a very young position, which could lead to some kind of weakness, but I really hope that Vincent Gray kind of grasps the severity of needing to fill these shoes and to kind of um, step into this role when we need him to uh, perform better for our, like, defense as a whole. But obviously, like, Dax Hill as well, like, I really hope with the limited time we saw him last year that he also kind of has to, like, step into these, like, shoes. There's a lot of people on this team that are relatively new and kind of filling into these leadership roles for the first time, and it is kind of a make or break for them, so I guess that's kind of why there's a lot of excitement surrounding them, mostly because you don't really know what you're going to see yet, whether you're, especially, like, when, like, veterans and stuff, you kind of have an idea, um... But it also could be a toss-up because teams couldn't really, like, compensate for them and how they're going to play because there's limited film on them, so to speak. So there's a lot of excitement, I guess, surrounding that. 
Yeah, Daxton Hill is one of those players. Well, okay. He's, like, one of the only Michigan football players whose recruitment I actually cared about because it was the whole, like, Mm -hmm. drama of, like, he flipped to Bama and then he flipped back to Michigan. I don't usually follow football recruiting just because there are so many of them. Um, I follow basketball recruiting a little bit, but this was also during, like, a tough final (laughs) season, so I just put all my, like, emotional energy into Daxton Hill. So I feel like I feel like he owes me this. Like I gave him so much. Just please perform this year. Maybe it's the other way around. We owe him a good season because he could be at Bama right now. I don't know. Um, and then my final player that we're excited about. First of all, I just want to clear the air on this player because I've gotten some like replies on my tweets. People think that I'm like into Jake Moody because I'll tweet about how much I love Jake Moody, and they're like they think I'm like trying to like. <laughs> like get with him jake moody's a <laughs> child i'm not interested in him jake moody i'm sorry if you're listening i'm gonna let you down easy i'm not interested we just the reason we're obsessed with jake moody and like we call him jakey and it's probably really weird i've thought about this because we'll be in the stands like jakey jakey and if anyone who knows him is around us they're probably like who are these girls okay the the story is it's not really a story. It's just that I think somewhere along the line, we decided we didn't really like Quinn Nordine. And then by yep. default, we became huge Jake Moody stands. I don't know why we don't like Quinn Nordine. Quinn, if you're listening, feel free to like try to redeem yourself. You can come on the pod and like Ooh. argue back, I guess. But Ooh. like, we're just Jake Moody fans. There's nothing more to it. And we're excited to see Jake Moody this year. I think because I can't remember exactly. I think it was. If I remember correctly, it was Jake Moody's freshman year. Quinn Nordin was very inconsistent, and I think we're all just tired of our kicker like blowing points for us because us being Michigan, we needed any points we could seemingly get. And then Jake Moody came in, had that one game, I believe it was against Indiana, where he had six field goals. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what spawned the I'm a big Jake Moody fan because we wished him the best, and it was finally nice to see a kicker that was somewhat consistent. And to have points on the board, um, because any buffer is necessary if we're winning, and any points is necessary if we're trying to dig ourselves out of a hole. And I think after that Indiana game, which was, like, very cold, and that's all I remember about it, um, and that Chase would have been so many field goals. Um, after that <laughs> game, I assumed we were rolling with Jake Moody, like, he's our kicker now. But then, like, Quinn Nordine was still here, and, like, they still put him in all the time. And, like, yeah, I get it. Like, he's a little bit bigger. He can, like, probably kick a little bit farther, but I don't know. Jake Moody's my kicker. I don't know who Quinn Nordine is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I had one more, but I think I'm going to lump him as, like, a new receiving core of three. It's going to be Giles Jackson, Cornelius Johnson, and Mike Sanderstrill. Um, As a new rising through the ranks receiving group that I think we should be excited about mostly because now is the kind of like do or die and the whole like speed and space storyline come to life second year kind of deal so just kind of to see them obviously like have more chances on the field and kind of seeing more of them which is why I think I guess for the majority of the people that I picked it's going to be fun to see people that aren't necessarily like veterans because while we kind of know how they act we don't really know how they will act in the off season especially being gone for so long and starting in october instead of august but i am really excited to see how they've been um working um in this off season that they've had this team is also, like, full of newborns. Like, there aren't that yeah, many newborns I'm, like, too. I think this is, like, a theme that I'm trying to, like, touch on, but there's a lot of newness, but, like, at the same time, it's not, like, freshman newness. It's, like, sophomore. So you kind of know what's going on around campus. You kind of have a feel for how college works. But at the same time, you still forget about studying all the time. And sometimes you forget about your, like, mini course dinosaurs final and like (laughs) it's those kind of things you know yeah and like it's a lot of guys who like I don't know if a lot but I'm looking at these and a few of them the theme is like they had a lot of potential last year and like maybe like had some like minutes that were substantial but like 
it's like, whoa, now they're starting. Like, now the team, like, relies on them. And I guess that's kind of what happens every year, mm, but I it feels that's... like that's a bigger theme than usual this year. That's definitely you said, summarized it much better than I did. Um, yeah, shall we move on to superlatives? Absolutely. Wonderful. So I wanted to give a superlative called the I Forgot That You Existed Award. Um, for those of you who don't know, there's a song called I Forgot That You Existed by Taylor Swift. So that's what um, popped that oh. in. Yeah, but this this dude, I did forget he existed. Um, Chris Evans, he is a senior running back. I feel like he was here like 10 years ago. Um, I think I, I think someone like... I saw on Twitter, someone was like, wait, no, he's from, like, a few... Oh, no, it was on, like, a Mason Brew post I did on Instagram that was about Chris Evans. (laughs) I was like, he was here, like, he's back. And they're like, wasn't he here, like, several years ago? And I was like, no, it feels like several, though. Um, Chris Evans is back. He's still a running back. I don't really know quite what they're going to do with him because, like, like we said, there's a lot of new baby, newborn talent here. And, like, he was consistently starting his, like junior-ish year but now it's like he's been gone and there's like kind of a new group in here and like I don't really know I mean I'm sure he'll get a lot of playing time but we'll see what he does um he's he's an interesting dude (laughs) um I also agree I feel like he'll have a role but maybe not as like big as it once was I don't know if that'll be frustrating to him and obviously it didn't like sway whether or not he stayed so I guess he kind of might be expecting to have like kind of the same amount of time like on the field as he did before where obviously it doesn't really hurt to kind of have like a veteran like running back that like knows the program and like knows the like ins and outs of Michigan but at the same time it almost I think the like why it's as I forgot you existed is just like time has kind of moved on and I know it sounds kind of mean or sad (laughs) but like the train has already left and he's just trying to get back on and I don't I don't really know I feel like he's definitely an unknown to me yeah he so he already I don't know how his role is gonna be with all these other people (laughs) that have proved themselves a random fact about Chris Evans is that he was the kid that I babysat's flag football coach um and that's, like, a fact that I've seen circulating is, like, he coaches youth football. Um, and I kind of feel like... So you can confirm this. I, I can confirm this because I have sat at their practice and been like, oh, there's Chris Evans. Um, <laughs> but, like, I kind of feel like, because he's so much older than the rest of the running back room, I feel like he's, like, those are, like, his youth that he's coaching in football. Like, I feel like that's going to be. be the dynamic between them. But I don't know how that's going to play out when, like, they start over him. That's also true. You never know, because Isaiah Livers, you know, started starting over Duncan Robinson, and he was fine with it. Yeah, but Duncan Robinson's, like, a very, like, shit, like, oh, okay, I'm just a small-town guy from, <laughs> I don't know, what's the back <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just a small-town guy <laughs> from New Hampshire. <laughs> it's the same mentality. I don't think anybody that really feels all that great about being passed by a youngster but you kind of accept it for the sake of the team and then do your role when you're called upon yeah you're right (laughs) um do you want to say the next word i think i'll kind of explain this one okay so with the very minimal amount of football content that we had in probably august or july they started like talking and like raving about like practices and making updates about people on defense. I don't really know if this was given to anybody on offense or special teams, but it was this <laughs> recognition of being not just a dude, but a guy. And I give this one to Han mostly because, but it's like flipped, honestly. I think it would be cooler to not just be a guy, but a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And it's just, like, one of those weird absurdities that they were coming up with to kind of, like, feed you information, but also, like, keep you in the dark about what's going on. Um, and maybe try and get you interested in football, but it was just kind of weird and absurd, and what does it mean to be, like, a guy over a dude? So I feel like I would rather be a dude than a guy. <laughs> like, 
like yes i agree with you like i feel like dudes are like typically superior to guys but what do i know also i just think it's funny because like if you spend any time on michigan's campus you know like the football team always has like weird little things like this that like yes like they always just have weird little things like not a dude but a guy and like they all come to class with their matching matching t-shirts of whatever like their little quote is and like they, they all like walk in clumps or they'll have like matching hats or like whatever like I remember for their <laughs> spring practice they all got like t-shirts <laughs> and it's just so funny to imagine like they're like in practice and they're like guess what we have t-shirts everyone come up to the front and let us know your size so we can hand one out to you <laughs> they'll run up well, to that's the front literally and- how it goes though <laughs> and then the next like day, you sit like, over there yes, with all the t-shirts <laughs> and then they just come up to you and they tell you your size and you give it to them <laughs> And then they'll text the group chat like, hey, are we wearing our new shirts to class tomorrow? Oh my god. Like, I don't know, it's just so funny to me. Um, But anyway, like, I just think it's so funny that football has their, like, little things and, like, this one is not a dude but a guy. (laughs) But didn't they also- I wonder if that- does that actually, like, carry weight for them? I want to know, like- Like, do they actually care about being a guy? Yeah, I was like, does this carry weight? <laughs> or is it just, like, for the fans? Do you think they, like, trash talk at practice? Like, you're just a guy. Or no, wait, you're just a dude. <laughs> I have no idea. That's why I want to know. If you have the plug, let me know. Um, okay. Okay. Um, for the final award. Wait, I still have one more award. Yeah, for the final. But then, I have, I have one more before the final. Oh, you have a secret one. No, and there are four listed there. We've only done two. Did we just skip that one? Yeah. Oh, we did. That's my bad. No, right, no we'll worries. We didn't two. need to go in order. <laughs> um, I just wanted to quickly touch on this one because it was kind of funny when Harley and I were reviewing the, the roster a couple weeks ago. She just like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you even remember saying this. She just kind of chuckled and she's like, it's pretty funny that Will Hart's still here. <laughs> I think it's funny that most of our special teams, I mean, like, all of our special teams, Jake Moody, Quinn Nardine, and Will Hart are all still here, but particularly particularly Will Hart and Quinn Nardine, I'm like, what are you guys still doing here? I don't know. I, I don't feel know like I just remember them coming onto the scene when I was, like, a sophomore or, like, a junior, and obviously, like, I went over, like, school for, like, two years, and I feel like they should be gone by now. I think Will Hart's like, my age. Well, they both must be my age because. Yeah, I think they're both your age, yeah. but I feel like they were like older, like a year older than you. And I was just like, no, they might be a year older. I honestly don't know. Well, I really don't. That's why I'm confused as to why they're still there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Quinn Nardine, like, I'm trying to remember the year that he had a sleepover with Harbaugh and they were in like a tree, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? everything is so confusing like even not to bring it back to basketball like we always do but like john teske like we have not yet had a season without john teske and xavier simpson and yet it feels like it was years ago that they were on the team even though like we haven't (laughs) even seen the team without them yet i'm like wait so how many years have they been gone (laughs) all right what's the final award um anticipate the best so this one kind of goes because usually the like thing surrounding the preseason of football is who the starting starting quarterback is, and we usually like they don't obviously Jim Harbaugh does not tell us unless it was Shea Patterson two years ago, and that was like unheard of, um, and we all thought it would be like a sign of something because the last time he had like announced a quarterback was like Andrew Luck. We like. Um, that prompted us to like start a podcast i think so and so we don't really have that like narrative right now because granted we do have harry mcnamara but the main story is that like joe milton is the front and center of stage already and it's not really a toss-up of will we see dylan mccaffrey or will we see joe milton it's we're going to see joe milton because dylan mccaffrey opted out of the season might be in the transfer portal. I don't actually know where he is in terms of that right now or what he's doing with his future because I am not Dylan McCaffrey. But <laughs> I think that's also plays into a kind of how my feelings are about the football season is that 
that's kind of like the talk of the town, you know? You're like, oh, who's going to start in the cornerback position? Um, and you're just like, oh, it's Joe Milton. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I think we're probably the only football podcast or Michigan football podcast out there that, like, didn't list Joe Milton and, like, our list of people we're excited to see. But I think, yeah, it's like what you were saying. Like, what are we going to say? Like, we really don't have much film of him. Like, he's gone in for, like, a couple downs, but, like, not much. Obviously, the coaching staff has seen more of him, duh. But, like, mm-hmm. it, like we don't really know much about him other than, like, he can throw and that everyone says he's Cam Newton and Patrick Mahomes and, like, every other – like, they, he gets compared to every quarterback, so it doesn't really tell us too much. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, like, I don't have any inside scoop to give anyone. I don't really have any thoughts on him other than, like, I loved when he went in against uh, Wisconsin a couple years ago at, at the night game. I mean, I think he has a lot of potential. I'm excited to see him, but I don't know. It's not, like, a usual year where we can, like, debate who Harbaugh's going to start unless, like, watch him start Cade McNamara. Also, I just remembered this time last year when we were deciding if it was going to be Shay um, or Dylan McCaffrey starting – Harbaugh was like, we might reinvent the concept of starting quarterback. You might see two quarterbacks. And then, like, they tried to do that once and there was a flag. (laughs) I think they tried to do it again and it was, like, a fumble. (laughs) Like, one of Shay's, like, many fumbles of last year. And then we're like, we'll just stick to one quarterback at a time. Yeah. Or there was also that time that it looked like Dylan McCaffrey got snapped in half. But, you know. Mm, True. Yes. <laughs> Why um, is Michigan football so funny to me? Like, I feel like if you view every, like, we all know that Harbaugh is, like, a weird, quirky dude. And, like, if you mm-hmm. view everything that happens to Michigan football through the lens of, like, Harbaugh just being, like, kind of weird and quirky, it just makes everything mm-hmm. so funny. <laughs> I guess. But obviously, back to Joe Milton, like, there's a lot of things, like, riding on him to perform well there's obviously less games this season and obviously there's a lot of unknowns for the fans because we don't really know how he'll be like consistently for like four quarters and I think that gives him a high ceiling it's just whether he like can meet that or max it is why I'm like I anticipate the best yeah mostly because I I really don't know how things are gonna go it's also just kind of the theme of the podcast today and the theme of the team is there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of youngsters that are stepping into big roles for the first time and they're gonna have to be the go big go home aspect like immediately as soon as they step onto the field against Minnesota on Saturday night because it kind of defines the season from there on out I mean they do have that game to kind of like feel things out get the rust off that kind of stuff but then from there it's go time if you want to make a name for yourself in this tiny season that we have anyways, because there's still things on the line. Um, I think that if, okay, tell me if you agree with this. If Michigan fans aren't calling for Cade McNamara by the end of the season, that means that Joe <laughs> Milton is the best quarterback we've had since Denard Robinson. I, I will take that. I like, I accept it. Yeah. I, I, I think that is my, my main opinion of this episode. Okay. I like it. I back it up. Thank you. And I will defend it with you. Endorsed by views from Stadium Boulevard. <laughs> Indeed. Um, okay, now we have some, like, life updates. Well, not really, but um, my update is that there isn't really Starbucks in Boston. Like, there is, but not the way there is in Michigan. Like, in Michigan, like, if there's a shopping center, there's usually a Starbucks. Here, it's, like... You kind of have to like find a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really like all I all I'm trying to say is like I can't walk to a Starbucks from my apartment and I don't have a car. It's like kind of traumatizing for me. <laughs> I, um, I can walk to like a couple locally owned coffee shops, which I do like, mm-hmm. but I my favorite thing is to walk to one where someone named Harley can make me a free drink. I just walk <laughs> in and the soy latte appears. And this is That's us true. leading into have those power. a story that I need Harley to tell. So, obviously, as you probably have gathered, um, I work at Starbucks in downtown Ann Arbor. Um, we've had many celebrities, ranging from, I've seen Don Brown and Juwan Howard, um, which I 
both made my day um so much better <laughs> i've honestly <laughs> um so the other day it was kind of a little bit busier and uh, i looked over and there was like a list on the counter which usually indicates multiple things which freaks a lot of people out but i saw at the top it said michigan football i looked up and there was like a manager i assume decked out michigan football stuff and i looked down on the list recognized a few names of the coaching staff and got hyped and i was like i'm about to fuel the michigan staff <laughs> coaching staff <laughs> with coffee i cranked them out Seasons in your hands, like it was hard. my job my co-workers were like i'm so sorry you have this like 12 drink order and I was like no no don't worry about it this is the best thing I've done in weeks um bagged it all up wrote gold blue and like tossed it to the guy and just was on a cloud nine afterwards because they were getting Starbucks and I was the one that made it and I really hope that they had a great practice that day (laughs) or discussion or like meeting or whatever they were doing Um, Michigan football runs on Harley Johnson specifically how like my starbucks drinks yes so yeah i am verified so if you want a really good coffee come visit also like (laughs) um if i don't know what i was gonna try to say i was gonna say like if you ever like want to ask harley for an inside scoop on what the coaching staff orders at starbucks she has the inside scoop do you want to know i mean like let us know the juiciest one Okay, so mostly because I think it's the holiday season. A few of them got salted caramel mochas. Um, really good, but they're very sugary. So if you like really, really sweet things, you can also be like some of the coaching staff and get a salted caramel mocha. Um, a lot. The rest of them got caramel macchiatos, also very sweet if you don't really like a whole lot of coffee, but still like sugar and like fun. Um... Don Brown's order, I know by heart because he's come in multiple times and he's super nice and lovely and he gets a grande vanilla steamer with an extra pump of vanilla, which is basically just warm vanilla milk and it is delightful and I will make it for him until I am gone from that store. Um, but yeah, that was that was like the entire order and I bagged up like 10 drinks and went on my merry way. I just have to say that, like, I love the fact that, I don't know, like, you know how the stereotype is, like, sweet drinks are girly drinks, but I feel like every Mm -hmm. male that I know orders, like, really sweet drinks, and then every girl is like, oh, I drink coffee all the time, like, I just want, like, a nice coffee. Like, isn't, like, I feel like guys order, like, the sweetest drinks, usually. (laughs) They might like have Don to. Brown. But you also kind of get the, like, you get the sugar aspect of it, and then you get the caffeine aspect. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of, like, the duality. You'll get the, like, sugar rush, but also, like, the caffeine Well, in Don it. Brown so, wasn't like, getting caffeine. That was pure sugar in that drink. I don't think Don Brown needs caffeine. He seems to do all right just without <laughs> <That's> it. <true. laughs> um... Oh. <coughs> I just choked on my Dunkin' Donuts beer. That'd be a good segue if we were sponsored by the Dunkin' Donuts beer. But unfortunately, we're not. That was just... What is your back. signature drink from Dunkin' Donuts now? I don't... Since I've Boston Dunkin runs Dunkin on Dunkin'. Like twice. I don't have a signature drink from there. I did get the Charlie, but I got it with oat milk. Um, Carrie gets the Charlie. Then what's like, your signature local drink now? Um, since so you can't go to Starbucks every day. From the place right across the street from me, I'll get like an iced coffee with oat milk and mm. from the place that's, that's like down the street and then down the other street they have a pumpkin spice latte and like i haven't been able to get a psl in years because the starbucks one has dairy in it mm-hmm. but this one's not dairy so i've been getting that i've gotten that like maybe three times now but mm, honestly the PSL I usually... is delicious yes it is i've been i've delicious. had many of them so far mm-hmm. but like but mine is a vanilla soy blonde latte at start? With cinnamon powder. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's I delicious. still am a big just soy latte. Like, the Starbucks soy milk is just so good. And, like, <laughs> I always want to order a soy latte everywhere else because, like, 
I crave the Starbucks one, but nothing tastes the same. And I know it's because the Starbucks soy milk is vanilla flavored, but I can even order like a vanilla soy latte and it still tastes nothing like the Starbucks one because the vanilla soy milk at Starbucks doesn't taste like soy milk plus like vanilla syrup. It tastes like Starbucks soy milk. I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's very delightful. And I have healthy servings of that every day. <laughs> Remember when you, like, gave some to me as a gift, and then, like, my brother put it in his cereal, and my mom was so mad? <laughs> I did, but that was because it was in a rampage, because they were making me work while COVID was, like, unfurling. Yeah, that was chaos. So I, like, took a bunch of milk. <laughs> don't tell, don't tell corporate on me, please. Like, if corporate ever <laughs> listens to this podcast, like, I give away all your secrets. <laughs> They're like, so I hear you've stolen soy milk to give to Han. I've heard you give Han free drinks and just, like, make soy lattes appear for her. What is this about? And I'll be like, I can neither confirm nor deny these allegations. It was our First Amendment, right? Like, we were just, like, being creative and telling the stories. None of that ever happened. We're not even Michigan football fans. Okay. Um. Sure. (laughs) So, on Saturday... Number 18, Michigan, faces off at number 20, Minnesota. Hashtag keep the jug. <laughs> Did I sound like that? <laughs> commentator? Um, it's a night game, prime time, and Michigan is the underdog by, I think, like 2.5 points, according to Vegas. They're the, the overdog, according to the AP poll, but underdog, according to Vegas. Is overdog <laughs> a word? Because if not, it should be. I think we should implement overdog. Okay. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on this game? Um, I think the main thing that we're going to be concerned about, other than the fact that on a typical notion, it would be like a primetime game at night in a pretty hostile environment, so to speak. Um, not just because it's snowing, but because like I feel like Minnesota has grown as a program um, under PJ Fleck, and I think... That it would have been a little difficult, especially as for the first game of the season for Michigan. Um, I still think a lot of those notes will still play a factor. Um, we are on the road against a team. I don't really know that would have home field advantage, but I guess maybe they'll probably put that like gopher everywhere. And I think if they don't do that, they should <laughs> because that would be hilarious. Um, and I think it'll be a little bit difficult for Michigan I honestly don't really see us winning this game mostly because we always kind of get off to a rough start um but who knows we still don't know the full roster of Minnesota because I think from day to day COVID testing the starters could be different or they could all be there or who who really knows um and it's going to be really cold, but obviously we're from Michigan, so we can kind of deal with it, even though it's, like, colder in Minnesota. Um, I think my expectations are just really low, mostly because I just don't know what's going to happen. I know there's going to be football. I know the game's going to start, and I'll be like, all right, here we go. But I'm honestly not going to be able to watch it until I get home from work. <laughs> so, it's just really a toss-up in the air. I think it'll probably be back and forth, honestly. Um... I hope we get to keep the jug. That'd be fun. But I don't think I would be that upset if we didn't keep the jug. Yeah, like, unfortunately, I'm not that emotionally invested, which I know is exactly what you want to hear from someone hosting a podcast about Michigan sports. Uh, Sorry, guys. Yeah, I have, like, no emotional stake. Like, I don't really care and I don't really know. This podcast, bye. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I'm kind of jaded, like, not just in terms of Michigan football, like, blowing it every, like, season opener. And, like, yes, I know they sometimes mm. win their season openers, but I never enjoy watching it. Um, it just, like, I don't know. Like, it's Minnesota. It's a good team. They're playing a ranked team on the road. We know how that goes. Like, there's yep. no reason to have any hope for Michigan. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know how to break it to you. But hey, like, if they win, like, great. I would be pleasantly surprised and continue on with my day. Or actually probably just go to bed. But, you know, (laughs) I'll wake up on Sunday and be like, wow, I can't believe you did that. Carrie said that um, 
Either way, he will deliver, like, uh, Bud Light seltzer and, like, fries to my door where I will be quarantining in my room during the game because I don't get my test results back till Monday. <laughs> that sounds delightful. <laughs> not the test results or quarantining, but having fries. Maybe not a Bud Light seltzer because that just inherently inherently creeps me out because i don't like bud light whatsoever have you tried the bud light seltzers though no because i really don't like bud light (laughs) do you like like do you you don't like white claw do you not really because not my thing white i used to be a big white claw girl as you know and then like Mm -hmm. i i kind of overdid it like they kind of like they taste like alcohol to me now like whereas before I, i could like drink them like water but now i just like taste the alcohol but the Bud Light seltzer is, like, it's good because it's a seltzer, but the aftertaste is more, like, beer. Like, it's not, like, the artificial sugar aftertaste that you get from, like, White Claws and Trulies. It's, like, more of a beer aftertaste. Yeah, so that would be the thing for me. Like, it would be a beer aftertaste, which I would like, but I feel like it would be Bud Light's beer, and I can't stand that. <laughs> That's, like, so interesting that you feel so strongly about Bud Light. I do. It's so gross. It tastes like lighter fluid, and (laughs) I can't stand it. And I know, like, everyone thinks that all of those, like, white beers all taste the same. No. Coors tastes like water, Bud Light tastes like lighter fluid, and Miller Light is the superior of all of them. (laughs) I knew you were a big Miller Light. Endorse me in Miller Light. (laughs) Do you like Sam Adams? Uh, My mom does. Because the <laughs> Sam Adams Brewery is, like, literally right across the street from me. So... Oh, that's kind of cool. When you come visit and there's not a pandemic anymore and we go to a Justin Bieber concert and we go, we'll go to... to the Sam Adams Brewery. We go to Sam Adams Brewery. We pregame at the Sam Adams Brewery. For the Justin Bieber concert? Yeah. That sounds like my dream. Okay. Sounds good. It's, it's, <laughs> I'll see you then. Um, okay. Yeah. But I... I think that's all we have. Um, obviously, we'll be back to kind of talk about what we saw or didn't see on Saturday because you're probably going to have to fill me in on the first half. <laughs> um, but it, it's exciting but also nerve-wracking to be back in an action. Um, like I kind of said at the beginning, like kind of just give us some patience and some room as we're kind of getting back into the swing of things because obviously like Hannah mentioned football's kind of been like the very 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 last thing on our minds so if we slip up here and there on like terminology or names or stats or whatever just kind of give us that room uh, because obviously we're going to try and give us give you guys the best podcast that we possibly can but also there's room for her- human error when things are very weird so we are the best podcast like it's not we're trying to we are and (laughs) i like that boat of confidence (laughs) so we'll see you guys later bye go blue (laughs) go blue